Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to Apparently Speaking, your podcast for all things parenting. Wherever you are in your parenting stage, can you imagine doing it all over again? My guest today is doing just that. I came across a news story and I could not stop thinking about this family. So I tracked down this wonder mom and she graciously agreed to join me on Apparently Speaking. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique, featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit ShellBell.com for more information. Pamela Willis, California native, raised five biological children during her career as a nurse with husband Gary, who was active duty Navy. Pam went back to school to become an attorney, and Gary retired from the Navy, going to work for the post office. As their biological children got older, Pam and Gary became foster parents. They fostered for six years and then saw a story on social media that changed their life. Seven siblings were in foster care after being orphaned in a car accident. Pam and Gary adopted all seven of them last year and are now raising the second family. Welcome, Pam. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to, for you to be here. Like I said, I was trying to think, you know, where did I even see your story the first time? And I could not even remember, but I remember just randomly coming across your story, reading this whole story, and it just really stuck with me. And I just was like, oh man, this is just an amazing family and amazing, you know, parents. And I really tracked you down. And <laughs> you, like I said, you um, were so nice to agree to come on. And so I'm yeah. very glad that you're here. Yeah, it was a little bit of a social media phenomenon. I think I I have a little Instagram account that is not so little. I don't anymore. think it's little. <laughs> we had not anymore. Um, you know, my oldest daughter made one of those um, kind of silly little TikTok type videos of our family, like our life in 15 seconds, and it just went completely viral. And uh, that's how all of this kind of blew up with the media attention and everything. But, you know, it's great for me, from my standpoint, as far as being able to share information about foster care and adoption, which is really my passion. And um, so I don't mind that it's that it's gone, you know, viral. <laughs> and um, I get lots and lots of questions about foster care and how to start. And and so I really um, I really love being able to advocate for kids in foster care and, and help others, you know, start a journey, whatever that might look like for them. That's so great. That's so great. And I'm sure your kids, do they like all the attention or not or mixed maybe? I think that, you know, I asked the the older ones, the younger ones don't really know very much about social media or what social media is, but I asked the older ones, you know, um, how do you feel about it before I ever post anything, obviously, because that's their, you know, that's their lives and, and they're old enough to see what's on social media. And, and so they always have, you know, read anything that I was going to post or, you know, my daughter sometimes will say, oh, don't post that picture. I don't look at, you know. <laughs> yeah, I have a 17-year-old daughter. Yeah, everything has to be approved first, right? Right, right. <laughs> but that's that's great of you, you know, yeah, to, to do that. And like you said, take their feelings in consideration. So oh, I want to kind of get back to your story first, and then we'll ask, you know, talk about some specifics. So you also saw, you know, as I saw your story, you saw the story 
of your kids. Right. So I was just sort of flipping through Facebook one day and um, my husband and I had been foster parents for six years and we were kind of at a point in our lives where uh, we had five biological children first and we started fostering when we had uh, two of them still in the home. So they were teenagers at that time when we started fostering and they were kind of part of that journey with us as we fostered little ones and they helped and it was really kind of a family affair, which was great because it was educational for them. They had that opportunity of service and and understanding of the system. And they were just wonderful, my two youngest biological children. And um, so they were moving out. My um, second youngest was getting married in a few months. And my uh, youngest was about to graduate from high school. And we saw this story on Facebook and I saw it first and it was a story about um, seven siblings in need of a forever home. And I stopped, of course, because there was a picture of seven children just sitting, you know, looking at the camera, a very cute picture. And I thought, oh my goodness, I I have to stop and read this story. Of course, you know, we know that any story like that is going to just make you, you know, tug at your yeah. heartstrings, right? So, Well, that's the thing, though. It would tug at, I would like to think everyone's. I know not everyone's, you know, heartstrings and you like, oh my goodness, you know, and they think about it. But then most people just, you know what I mean? That's kind of the end of it. Or you might say, I wonder what happened or, you know, this and that. But um, obviously that's not where you, you know, most people at your stage then would have been thinking, okay, our, you know, our kids are adults now they're moving out. We'll talk about maybe retirement. We may have some grandkids sometime. And then you see the story and then you're nope. <laughs> right. So I guess the the interesting thing is that my husband and I had really been discussing what direction we wanted to take at that time. We were kind of thinking, you know, we, we love foster care. Um, do we want to keep doing this? Do we want to move? Do we want to downsize? You know, all of the children. Glad you didn't downsize. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we you know, our youngest was still in the home. He was going to graduate in June, but we knew that he was going to, you know, fly the nest right after mm -hmm. that. And so we were just kind of planning, okay, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? You know, we're just, we have been, you know, had children in our home for at that point, 30 years. So mm -hmm. you know, our oldest, our oldest was 30. So, yeah. um, you know, we, we had been discussing it and I think that's why, the timing of it was just so divine. I mean, I, we, we had this question open in our minds and, you know, had just been considering it prayerfully and wondering, you know, what, what will we do next? And this story came and I looked at it and I read the story and a friend of mine had just reposted it. And so I read the story and I said, oh my goodness. And I, you know, put the emojis, the crying face emojis and the little hearts. And, <sighs> and then, you know, a couple of my other friends had seen it because it was posted by a mutual friend. And, and one of my friends asked, you know, where, how do you, how do you get started like adopting these kids? And I was typing answers. Oh, you know, you have to be certified and da, da, da. And as I'm typing, 
I'm becoming like territorial over these children. Oh, like these are my kids. I'm not telling you how to do it. <laughs> so I'm typing this to this friend telling them, you know, this is how you do it. But at the same time, I'm thinking, am, am I supposed to like, I'm feeling oh, all of a sudden, you know, three minutes after reading this story, oh, like my goodness. I, need, I need to take these kids. And so I finished my answer. I told my friend how to do it. And then I, my next comment on Facebook was my husband. I tagged my husband and I thought, I'll just let him read it because he's going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> and I'll just let him read it and I'll talk to him about it later. You know, let that process a little bit. So I came to him a few hours later and I said, hey, honey, did you see that Facebook post that I tagged you in today? And he said, those kids? And I said, yeah. And I'm bracing myself thinking he's going to be like a crazy lady. Or yeah, right. And he shocked me. He said, yeah, I think we should adopt those kids. I cannot, you know, I just cannot believe that. I mean, it wasn't even like, well, what are you thinking? Or what? Well, I don't know. Oh, what? I need to think about this. Or how would we even you know, manage that? It's just like, yeah, I saw it and we need to adopt them. Yes. And it was like this instant answer that he gave. And I was, I, he shocked me. I thought it was yeah. going to be the opposite, but he, and I said, really? Yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, yeah. And then I kind of sat down next to him. We started actually like talking it out a little bit. And I was wow. like, wow, you know, and we're, but like, this is crazy, but, but wow, you know, we're looking at their picture and we're kind Whoa. of watching the little video that the news had Then done. you were in love with them, so. Oh Already in love, yes. Yeah. So oh. the phone calls started, you know, the next day where I was trying to figure out, okay, who do I get in touch with? And and um, they sort of elevated me up the chain because we were already certified as foster parents. Right. We And you, were really, have you wanted all seven of them. We wanted all seven. Yeah. We had a house big enough. Um, you know, it's hard yeah. to find. Obviously, you're not going to find a big empty foster house with five open <laughs> bedrooms, you know? No. <laughs> so we were in the next county, which, you know, that's not terrible. I mean, they had people calling from other states even wow. saying, oh, you know, I'll take some or I'll take one or two or I'll take. Oh, I'm know, just so glad that they're together. I think, you know, that was really the goal is to keep yeah. siblings together. They really, really try to do that in foster care everywhere. They try to adopt them together. That's why they had been in foster care for a year, even though their parents had passed away and they didn't have any family that was able to take them because their parents themselves had actually come out of the foster system. So they, they didn't really have like a huge extended family network or anything, you know, they, they were just kind of on their own, these parents. And um, so people ask that question a lot where, you know, weren't there any family members and there just really weren't. Just weren't. Were they separated in foster care then? No, actually, miraculously, they did find a place that they could all stay together. I mean, it, it wasn't ideal and it wasn't, you know, an adoptive home, but they did agree to keep them, you know, together and while they looked for a placement for them. So um, I guess they had been in that home for about six months when they did the news story. And then it was about another month later when I saw the news story. So um, by the time we met them, it had been almost a year in foster care. And then by the time they moved in with us, it was just right at the one year mark where they'd been 
in foster care. So uh, it took a while, you know, for the process, but we were able to meet them. So I saw the story in January. We were able to meet them in March. We were formally matched oh, with wow. them. And, and we were able to meet them and start start the process of getting wow. to know one another. We're going to take a quick break, and then I want to hear how that first meeting went. Okay. <laughs> so we'll be right back. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. We're back with um, Pamela Willis, and you're just going to tell us, you know, you you saw the news story. It seemed like it happened quickly. You saw the story, your husband um, just, you know, you send it to him and he's like, yep, we're going to adopt him. <laughs> and yes. um, so, like you said, you had already been, you know, foster parents. So you already had been through all of the, you know, things that you needed, licensing right. and all that kind of thing that you needed to. You had the space. You wanted to keep them all together. First, what did your kids think? So they had been used to us fostering yes. for quite a while. And the, the way our foster placements had just so happened, we ended up most everyone that we fostered stayed with us for a year, or at least a year. So we had, you know, sibling sets, several of them over those six year periods, but they would be in our home for a year. So my older kids were used to just sort of making others feel part of the family. They, it wasn't a foreign concept to them to accept other children, you know, that needed love and family and, and, you know, just security, you know, it wasn't foreign to them. So they, they were used to the idea of having others in the family and, and treating them as our own. I think that uh, my oldest, you know, being 30 already and kind of, you know, already future minded was like, you know, mom and dad, like, you know, someday you have to retire. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know just being more um, looking out for, you know, our future, you know, plan and, and not necessarily like, you know, don't don't take these kids. Just are you sure that you're going to be OK? And, you know, financially, you're going to and we just all we could tell them was, you know, we know that this is what we're supposed to do. And we feel like it, it's going to work out and it'll be taken care of. And he, you know, just said, OK, you know, I I support you. And Aww. and, you know, the other kids all were really supportive. I think that they kind of knew that it's it's who i am i i love to mother and they saw me with the foster children that we had had in our home and they knew that i loved to mother those children they knew that i was passionate about caring for childhood trauma and you know so i i think it was pretty hard for them to deny that this was something that you know needed to happen for right. us <laughs> yeah and so you went to meet them and what was that first visit like we met them at a park, which was uh, close by. So we're about an hour away from where they were living. And we had social workers, their social workers there that they were mm -hmm. familiar with that had been working on their case. Wonderful, wonderful ladies in San Diego and um, the therapists that they had been working with, too, just for extra support. You know, everybody kind of hanging out at the park, yes. familiar faces for them. And 
prior to us meeting, I had made little uh, photo books for each of the children. So I made a book and put my picture and my husband's picture. And I said, you know, this is my name and this is what I like. And this is, you know, this is Gary and he likes ice cream. And, you know, it just kind of put some pictures in there and let them sort of, you know, um, get used to that and process that and, you know, be a little familiar with us before they actually met us. So they could see, I took a picture of our home. This is our home and this is our backyard where we have a swing set and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that to, to just kind of give a little bit of uh, familiarity to them. And then it was really interesting. I mean, the youngest ones I think were just so needing attachment, so ready for attachment. Uh-huh. And they just, I, I remember, uh, Abriella, my, she was four, they, the social worker opened the door and she just yelled out the door before she even got out of her car seat. She was like, hi, Pam. Hi, Gary. <laughs> and we had never, you know, we'd never met or talked or anything. And she just called out to us. Like she was just, you know, so excited and the little ones, they just craved that connection. And so they were four, three, and two at the time. And they just clung to us immediately, you know. And um, as you got a little bit older, you know, the five and six, they were kind of, you know, they had their questions or their sure. little concerns, but again, still just kind of craving security and, and love. And, you know, it they they warmed up to us pretty easily. The teenagers, you know, well, uh, the my daughter Ruby was 11, almost 12 at the time. So not quite teenager. She's a teenager now in full force. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but they, you know, we had, we talked with them. Obviously the conversations are different. They have a lot of memory of where they're coming from. They have full knowledge of their situation. They have, you know, ability to think about the future and sort of, I mean, how strange that must be to just, oh, yeah. you know, okay, so this person wants to be my mom. That's Yeah, right. Little, Why, you know? You know? Yeah. Why me? Why would you pick me? You know? So, um, so it's different for everybody, but we had a a good connection with all of them that day as some conversation with each of them. And, and my husband and I got in the car to drive away and, you know, with our experience of fostering and working with traumatized kids and seeing all kinds of behaviors from one end of the spectrum to another, I mean, we just expected anything, you know, we were open for whatever, knowing that these kids had been through massive trauma and, um, they were so just, they touched our hearts so deeply that day. And we just looked at each other when we drove away and we were like, wow, those are really great kids. And we just were smiling and we were talking about them. There was so much joy in our car as we were driving away. Like it was just the greatest confirmation of, yeah, this is, this is totally what you're supposed to do. So that first meeting was really special. That really sounds like it on both ends. And I love that you made them the photo books, you know, that I'm sure that they, you know, went back and just looked through that constantly. And I'm sure you wanted to take them with you that day. Absolutely. (laughs) It was so hard to wait until the next weekend to see them again. And that's sort of how we did it for a few weeks was come on the weekend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, their foster parent was trying to balance her, you know, life with, you know, getting them to come and visit us. And, um, 
had they had school still so we were trying to let them finish the school year it was it was mid-march and so they were going to finish the school year in uh, by the beginning of june so we were like yeah okay this will be our transition time and we'll meet them then we'll do a couple overnights and you know get them to come to our house and then they get to go back home so it was really it was hard to wait but it was a nice transition for the kids because i can't imagine you know you meet someone and then you're going home with them next week like <laughs> You know? right. And you're in a different school and just everything yeah. like, right, right away. Right. I, I like that. I like that because then by the time you had already spent a lot of time with them and like you said, they even got to come to home and spend time there and that's a great way to do it instead of just, yeah, boom. And then everything's different and they're right. feel like, what is going on here? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. We had that luxury. And so they could process, you know, they could, they yeah. could come spend the time with us and then they went back to their, you know, routine and they processed a little bit and they got so excited mm-hmm. to see us again. And then we would spend time again and then they would go back and process a little bit. So it was just this nice, slow transition. And, you know, I think we did the park for like three weeks and Mm -hmm. then we did, um, a restaurant and, you know, so I wanted to do the park because I wanted them to not have to worry about the other variables, right? There's, there's the same place, the same people, let's just focus on each other. So I didn't want to take them different places every week. I said, I just said, you know, let's just let them know in their minds, it's going to be the same park. It's going to be the same people, you know? So, um, one of the little tricks of, of, you know, dealing with kids who have had gone through trauma and so much upheaval is just keeping all the other variables, you know, um, constant for them so that they are not stressing about, I wonder where we're going to go. I wonder what it's going to be like in a restaurant. I wonder what, you know, we just did our park and that was our place for a few weeks until we felt more comfortable. And then, um, I asked, you know, them one day, do you, do you guys want to go to a restaurant? And they were like, Oh my gosh, we've never been to a restaurant before altogether. So that I didn't realize that that was the case. So then that made it even more special. So so we sat down and we had a talk about, you know, this is how we act in a restaurant and this is, you know, what we do. And we're, my husband and I are kind of looking at each other like, okay, is this going to work? Right. <laughs> oh, man. To ease into so. that, too. Let's not go right to a fancy place. <laughs> right. So we were like, okay, let's go to Denny's. And yeah, yeah. That's just, you know, oh, they were so good. And they, they were, were so probably excited. so excited. It worked out so well. And. So just uh, little things like that, getting to experience firsts like that is one of my favorite, favorite things about, you know, helping kids through foster care and then, you know, eventually adopting and being able to continue to do these great things with them, you know, all this time. It's funny because I was just going to say, you know, I know they were all different ages and, and, you know, still young and everything when, when they came to you, but just that you got to, I was like that first, you know, that first time at a restaurant and yeah. it's that first memory, you know, and, and it's funny because I'm like, I can't remember the first restaurant, you know, I took my kid, yeah. you know what I mean? You don't, yeah. But you will never forget that and neither will they. Right. And yeah. I think that's, that's just special. Just like you said, you're able to experience so many firsts with them. And I, I think that's really special and, and really cool part of the story. We're going to take one more quick break and then we'll be right back. I'm going to talk to you some more for sure. So we'll be right back. I receive the most compliments on my outfits when I'm wearing something from Shell Bell Boutique. Shop Shell Bell and you're supporting a locally and female owned business. 
Shell Bell opened in September of 2020, and they carry many popular brands such as Fate, Vintage Havana, Vegan Warehouse, Can Can, Mono B, Nikki Bicky, and Aloha. The boutique also includes SB Girl, fashions and accessories for girls sizes 6 to 14. Shell Bell is located at 334 East Garfield Road in Aurora, Ohio. If you're not local, you can shop shellbell.com. That's S-C-H-E-L-L-B-E-L-L.com. New styles are arriving daily, and you can check out Shell Bell on Facebook and Instagram and contact the boutique to book your private after-hours sip and shop. That's shellbell.com, 330-954-8400. Okay, so I have a question for you. Um, I know the kids, you know, they came with different, you know, special circumstances, so that would make things a little different. But how do you think you are as a mom maybe this time around? How how are you different, if at all? I think there's a tendency in foster care with parents who have been parents before to say to themselves, I, I know how to parent. I've, uh, I've done this, you know, and, and this is my style and this is the way I do it. And my husband and I learned over that six year period that that is just not how it works. <laughs> children <laughs> who come from trauma, children who come from these situations where they've experienced all kinds of, of different things. Uh, it really affects behaviors. It affects ability to regulate their emotions. It, in many times, many ways, stunts their development. And so you can have a, well, here's a a perfect example. My 11 year old, she in some ways would act like a nine year old. And in other ways she would act like a 17 year old. So there are some things that she was very mature about and had huge responsibility before coming to me, you know, making sure that her siblings had food or going out and looking for, you know, diapers or, you know, just things that you wouldn't expect that she would have had to do when she was eight, nine, and 10, but she did. Um, And so she was very mature in some ways, but then in other ways, emotionally, her growth was a little bit stunted. And so I had to adjust how I dealt with her on things that were more of an emotional nature or uh, for her grieving, for example, Um, you know, even though kids are coming from not always the greatest environment. And these kids had lived through, you know, some homelessness and, and drug abuse in their home and, and domestic violence and things. Uh, they still miss their parents. They still love the people that they came from and that's home to them. That's comforting to them. So they're still grieving that has to, that has to take place, whether the parents have passed away, like in my situation, or whether the parents are just, you know, being removed from the picture for the safety of the children being placed in care. So there's always a grief element. And you learn really quickly that you can't just put kids in your home and parent them the way you've parented um, children that you've raised from, from the time they were a baby. It's just very different. And you have to have individual uh, approaches to each one. So I think that was the most challenging part for me was that there were seven different personalities at seven different stages of development. And it was like, you know, almost like giving birth to septuplets (laughs) and then (laughs) trying to figure out each of their different personalities and what they each needed. Um, it was just challenging. And so I'd say as a parent now, the second time, 
Um, there are some things that I've learned, obviously, over time, being a parent prior to that for 30 years, you know, obviously, yeah. there's things I've learned, like, don't stress about it, it's gonna work out, like, you know, if they get a C in the class, they're not gonna, like, end it, up, you know, with no, be okay. yeah, <laughs> they, they yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, things like that, where I don't have to stress as much, but, but there's other elements that come in that, that I really do stress about as far as, you know, emotional development, or, oh, yeah. Um, you know, delays that some of the kids have from, from some of the, you know, alcohol exposure, you know, thing, new elements that come in where you're like, okay, I'm working with the schools on education plans now and things like that. So it's just different. It's you take your knowledge from previous, but it, it has to be added to new knowledge. Um, it doesn't make you an expert. Definitely. I, I had to learn a lot over the last six, seven years. Well, I, I just, I do think, I do think you're amazing. I, I really, really do. Um, what about your five, um, the other five, are they, I know they're, you know, older and things like that, but how have they kind of formed their, have they formed different relationships, you know, on their own with these seven, they kind of have some bonding going on. They have, it's, funny because some of them have children. So four of them are married yeah. and some of them have children. So we have eight grandchildren also. Not only did they get you guys, you know, amazing parents and family, they got, you know, these siblings who are kind of like you said, you know, aunts, uncles, cousins, they have all of this right. you know, extended family. Now they have to be, you know, loving that. <laughs> Yeah, it's and they have grandparents that they, you know, that come over yeah. and bring them pickies and pizza. And that's like a oh. whole fun thing for them to have grandparents to come and visit and spoil them. And so um, that's how I explain a lot of people ask me, well, how do you explain to your kids when it's your grandkids, and you still want to be a grandma and kind of be a, a spoiling grandma. And I say it's easy for me to explain to them because they have spoiling grandmas and grandpas yeah. over too. So they kind of get yeah, it just like, spoil all of them. They'll right they'll be fine and your husband he's got to be quite something too you know just to say right away you know yes I feel like we should um adopt them and he just you know was right on board and I mean so he's obviously to me I get the impression you know just super loving and um you know he's, he's that's great He's an incredible man. And I, I have to say through all the crazy ideas I've had over the years, he's always been supportive. Like, Hey, I should go to law school. Yeah. I have five children at home. He's like, sure. No problem. I'll support you in that. Um, you know, so just an incredible, incredible person. I mean, he and I met, um, in high school and we've oh, just, great. you know, kind of grown up together and, um, had this crazy journey of life together through his military career and then my nursing career and, and me going to law school. Just, it's been a journey for sure. But, um, uh, one thing we know is that we work well as a parenting team together. We feel, <laughs> we yeah. feel like that's, you know, we've got a groove and we, and we do it and we make, we make. A great team. I'd say you, it's good that you do since you did this, you know? Right, right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so great. I mean, we could keep talking because, I mean, I would love to, you know, just go on and on and hear about each, you know, kid individually. And just, yeah. and I, I just know that um, your house has to just have a lot of joy and just be a lot of fun, too. It really is. And once we got through a lot of the initial safety and security issues that the kids really had, which is, is normal, you know, for us to go through, my husband and I spent 
a few months sleeping on the floor next to their beds and, uh-huh. you know, just giving them extra, extra security and letting Aww. them know that we're, we're always going to be here. And, you know, now it's been almost two years since they moved in. So we're getting to the point okay. where a lot of that is behind us for them as far as their, um, the initial safety and security needs. And now we can just really enjoy a lot of the fun that comes with building these relationships and bonding. And it's, it's just been, it's just been really neat to watch them absolutely blossom from, you know, the, the scared kiddos that they were initially to these, you know, self-assured, happy, smiling is just, it's so rewarding to see that. It's amazing. It's just an amazing story. You're an amazing person. Um, how can people find you, you know, on your little tiny Instagram page? <laughs> my, my Instagram that just blew up overnight. Um, I have an Instagram page called Second Chance 7. And we say that because they gave us a second chance to be parents. Mm. And they have a second chance at a new life with, you know, new mom and dad. So we're all kind of together in our second chance, figuring it out one day at a time. It's great. And so you can go there. They can, listeners can go to your Instagram. They can see the, uh, your beautiful family. They can ask you questions, you know, about adoption and foster um, if they have any, right? I know that's your big advocate for that, obviously. And you want to help. Yes, I answer messages every day for folks who are looking for information about how do I get started in fostering in my area or tell me more about it. I have a foster and adoption FAQ on my um, Instagram. I have a little um, interview that I did, you know, that tells um, some more and a lot of my posts talk about it. I, um, it's a little bit different in every state, but it's pretty easy to figure out. It's similar. It's just you know, there are slight differences, but it's pretty easy to figure out for most people. I help them Google it or find it, you know, in their area so that they can get started on their, on their journey, whatever that might be in supporting that community of kiddos. So great. I wish I lived closer, not across the country. I would be coming over <laughs> to meet everyone yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so I really appreciate it. And just, yeah, it's just wonderful. Uh, your family sounds amazing. And I just, I think it's just, just a great story and just a great family that you, you have created. So thank you so much. And thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. And also Shell Bell Boutique. Featuring today's fashions and accessories for women and girls. Visit shellbell.com for more information. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at northeastohioparent.com.